I'm trying to have like mercy f- for people that they don't even deserve it. It's more of a healing thing for me, like to have empathy and like mm-hmm. some sort of like mercy for them. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you could remove the personal part of it, that it wasn't something that was personal yeah. or they didn't mean it to be personal to you. It's just, they did it. It was very personal, right. but that wasn't their intention. Right. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor, the antidote to conventional financial wisdom. My name is Al, and I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. This podcast will explore the emotional and psychological factors that affect our behaviors. All of the other financial podcasts out there will talk about the numbers and the math. We will confront the stories that we all fuse with that ultimately set the course for our lives. I am not looking for new clients and have no intention on running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is and call out all the commonplace BS. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. All right, Virginia, we're live with forgiveness. Hey, Al. I'm here with Virginia Elder, my podcast producer and now <laughs> co-host at the moment. Yeah, temporary co-host. Yeah, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Yeah. And we've been talking for a while now. So we're on the topic of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Starting with the definition of it, release of resentment or anger. Mm-hmm. And so everybody knows that, right? So like forgiveness is like you're doing it for yourself because like you're you're holding on to resent or anger or like some kind of bad feeling or emotion. Right. But the one thing that we were kind of talking about was that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Right. Which I love that. And I feel so much better about myself knowing that. Yes. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is you brought it to my attention because I think I mentioned it to you. I was like, I was trying to think of, did I really forgive somebody if I couldn't get back into the relationship with them or I couldn't rekindle the relationship? And you're like, no, you don't have to reconcile. I mean, just because you forgave somebody doesn't mean you have to now get back into that relationship. Right. And so I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, I thought that's what forgiveness was, that you got to like reconcile. And I think this goes back to a little bit about the religion thing that we talked about before. It's like very, you know, forgive and forget with the Christianity. Yes. But regardless, most of the time, forgiveness is associated with reconciliation. But you and I both have experiences Mm -hmm. where we do internally feel like we have forgiven someone. Yeah. But we have also put up a boundary that we don't want that person in our lives anymore. Right. Anyways, regardless of whether they've been forgiven or not, we've decided that they're toxic people and I don't want them in my life. Yeah. So I have an uncle and I mentioned this in other podcasts that we've done. He was always somebody, like he was somebody who was very good to be growing up, right? Mm. As my mom got sick, he basically got more and more argumentative and sort of demanding. Like of he demanded that I give him updates of how my mom's health was doing. Meanwhile, I'm with my mom here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. I have a job. I have a business. I have things going on. He's up in New York by himself, retired, mm. nothing going on. Right. The fallout basically culminated into an instance where 
he called and was asking how my mom was doing. And it took me like a week to call him back. Mm -hmm. And I called him back and he starts screaming at me over the phone. Mm -hmm. I'd be great if I knew how my fucking sister was doing. Like literally at the top of his lungs. Oh my God. Like I literally like just pulled the phone away from my head and I just hung up. Bye crazy. Bye. Exactly. (laughs) Bye crazy. And so, and then I thought, and then I went through this whole process of this forgiveness thing and like thinking I have to reconcile, right? Right. Like my uncle, I got to reconcile this. So then, you know, I gave it some time. I got, tried to settle down. I call him again. I'm like, hey, Uncle Joe, like, how are you doing? Starts screaming again. You better respect your elders from now on. Like just, I'm like, click again, <laughs> right? It's just like, phone away from my ear, click. I'm like, I, I guess that's it. I guess we can't communicate without him right. screaming at me. Because that's disrespect to you. Like you're the one sitting there handling it. It's not like you're doing a bad job or that you would try to do a bad job managing your mom's dementia and, and all of that situation. I mean, you were trying and you're trying to communicate yeah. with him, but if he's going to flip out at you, right? no, dude. Yeah. And on top of that, I was pissed off that he wasn't coming down to help or even a yeah. visit. I'm like, if you're going to be mad, I can, like, can you get down here and help? If you're going to do nothing, then shut the hell up. Like, don't ever give me shit about, you know, the last thing you need to do at this point is give me any kind of like, you yeah. You know, the worst case scenario for you is you're neutral. Right. If you're not going to, you're not going to help and you're going to like scream, you know, yell at me. How dare you? Right. Like, That's super disrespectful. So that was that super resent anger that came up for me. That's why this forgiveness topic kind of hits home Mm -hmm. because it made me realize that I had to try to figure out how to develop some sort of compassion for him Mm -hmm. and figure out where he's coming from. Because honestly, it had nothing to do with me. Right. It's just like you, we were talking about his generation's upbringing. Yeah. He has some misdirected anger that's boiling up in your direction and it couldn't have had anything to do with you. You didn't directly do anything bad to him. It's not like you weren't calling him back on purpose. Right. And he's not being compassionate towards you for all that you're dealing with. Like you said, you have kids, you have a family, you're working, like you're in your middle of your life, the busiest time of your life, and Mm -hmm. you're caring for your mom. Yep. It's an emotional process. She's super not doing well and you're struggling. You shared about um kind of like a crash course in elder care. Yeah. And He's just chilling, but yet he's going to yell at you. Yeah. What? It's like putting salt on the wound, right? Yeah. And so just like the flipping that script a little bit of like it not meaning reconciliation did so much for me because Mm -hmm. that's where I was struggling. I'm like, I have all these good memories and I have all of this history with him Mm -hmm. where things were good. Like it wasn't bad. He was around a lot when you were a kid because you guys all lived in New York, right? Exactly. So we're all close Mm -hmm. because we all lived in New York and like he'd come by a lot, all the holidays, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he was also the person as I was growing up that was constantly complaining that I didn't call him enough, that I didn't thank him for the things that he gave me, that mm. my mom would call me and say, why haven't you called your uncle? He's really upset that you haven't called. Mm. I mean, this is just such a guilt-ridden relationship of like... Yeah, it's this familial obligation. Yeah, and it got old. I mean, it was just sort of like, I don't want this. And then it culminated into... Right. Once I sort of started pushing back of like, no, I'll call you when I'm ready to call you. Like, I'm not on this like schedule of yours. Yeah. He didn't, well, he didn't like that. Yeah. He couldn't handle that. <laughs> coming from a place of like, yeah. I got to understand where he's coming from. And that'll allow me to like 
be less angry about it because like mm-hmm. he grew up in a certain environment. He's very closed off. I actually feel sorry for him. He's an angry guy. Yeah. That sucks. Like, I don't want to be him. I don't want him to suffer like that. Like, he's literally suffering. Right. And you said he's not married or anything. So he's just retired by himself in New York, I guess. Right. Yes. And kind of scared everybody away. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of one of the last people he sort of had. Oh man. Yeah. It sucks. Like it really sucks for him. And then I bring up this quote from Nelson Mandela, which I'm sure many of the listeners have heard. Like resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. Mm. And it's like, I start to realize that like, all the anger and resent I had for him, especially like after my mom died, I was like, that son of a bitch never came down, never did anything. Yeah. It's toxic to you internally because you're holding all that anger in. Yeah. You could feel it. Like you could feel like it's just making you weaker and like just sucking all the life out of you. And like you said, you could come home drained. You just, it drains you. Yeah, it's an energy suck. Yeah. And so- Going from blaming to like an understanding, you know, like I was blaming him for all this stuff. Why were you such a jackass? Yeah. Why were you so mean to me? Why'd you scream at me on the phone? I'm trying my hardest to like help your mom. Exactly. Why didn't you help? Why why couldn't we like make this a team effort, you know, rather than. So anyway, that was my story. Like with my uncle, that was like, (laughs) that's the one that really hit home as of late for, from the forgiveness standpoint. So I do feel like I've forgiven him, but again, like I don't want to reconcile it. I mean. If he came out of the woodwork one day and said, listen, mm-hmm. the way things went down, I'm really sorry. I know I've been at this, this, this. I think I would like extend the olive branch and sort of like, all right, we can start mm-hmm. kind of putting the pieces back together if you want. But Treading lightly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Dipping my toe yeah. in, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, you've had this, I will call you back, but give me a few days and don't screw That's at me. right. Yeah, I'm gonna have this contract exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will call you back within two weeks of every call. Right. But so that was my uncle, and like you have, yeah, your dad. For me, uh, it was a big situation, and it lasted for years. That was why it was so tough on me. But yeah, years ago in my twenties, my dad decided to move on from the marriage with my mom which is fine. People get divorced all the time. It's no big deal. All the time. So that piece I wasn't frustrated about. When I got involved was because raking my mom through the mud in every possible way, financially, emotionally, property, cleaning out accounts, being real deceitful about moving finances around and She was that housewife that stayed home with the kids and raised three children at home while he worked. And so she had no idea about the finances. She didn't have her high school degree. She is not employable. I felt very strongly that it was his responsibility at that point to at least leave her in a situation that was livable. I wasn't expecting him to just give her tons of money or anything like that, but don't try to take the house. Yeah. And don't try to be deceitful with like her retirement account. Right. Protect her. Like, yeah. From, like- yeah. This woman stood by you for 30 years and now you're just going to like render her homeless. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I got involved is because it was at a point to where she was definitely being victimized and she needed help. She didn't know how to defend herself. No idea. She didn't know how to get an attorney. She didn't know how to change a a name on a bank account. Um, She didn't know how to open Mm -hmm. up her own bank account. I mean, I felt so bad for her and I 
went to appointments with her because I, at that point, had more world knowledge of how things worked than she did. Yeah. The whole thing was it divided the family. My brother and I took my mom's side because we were both adults at this point. We could see the adult perspective and could see that, yeah. okay, dude, it's fine if you want to leave, but don't screw someone in the process. Yeah, you screwed our mom. Yeah. Basically, you screwed our mom. Yeah. And like you said, somebody that was with you for 25, 30 yes, years. through all the moves and through all the job mm-hmm. changes and all of... Right. Marriages are tough. The chaos of like family, right, that we're going through right now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time, but as I'm processing this and starting my own family, I had already been married. As we were considering having kids and things like that, I started to think like, I don't want this man in my life. Like he's toxic. And as an adult, I was able to see his true colors, you know, when it really came down to what kind of man he really was. And that was hard for me to see, like really, really hard. I was the oldest. I was daddy's little girl. I have great memories, like you said, from when we were little. I remember playing football in the hallway with him. And I grew up thinking he was this amazing dad, you know, up on a pedestal. Right. And all that was shot to hell. Right. And that was a very emotional journey for me. And I do believe that I have forgiven him. He's moved on. He has a new wife, new kids, new family, all that. That's fine. I hope you're really happy, mm-hmm. but I don't want you in my life. Yeah. I don't want that kind of influence to my family, right. to my kids. I don't want my kids seeing someone, you know, grandpa, like typically kids look up to that person. I don't want them influenced by someone who right. I saw what kind of person you really are. I don't want you here. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, why would you? I mean, if you did that to your mom... You kind of have like, well, he'll do that to me. He could do that to my kids. He He can do that to anybody. Pull the rug out from, yeah. So then. And through the process, I was able to see how manipulative he could really be with money or with power or anything. Withholding paperwork. Yeah. I was able to really see it. I knew for me, it was important that I forgave him just emotionally for me. You don't want to hold on to that kind of like toxicity will just eat you from the inside out. But for a long time, I struggled with totally okay, but do I owe him a call like on his birthday? Like, do I, where do I draw the line? Right. Like, how am I like completely like 100% no contact or like, yeah, you- yeah. And so I started thinking about, well, if I saw him again, what would I do? How would I feel? What would I say? Right. And I shared with you, you know, what do I do the day that I get a call that he's in the hospital or he's been in an accident or your dad's dying or am I going to go? I don't know. I, I still don't know. Yeah. The reasons why you would go were because of it's your dad and it's the past memories and it's just what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. That obligation. It's an obligation. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought about the same question with my uncle and my honest answer is like, I'm not going, I'm not doing anything. Sorry. It's not like he came out of the woodwork and like was on his hands and knees begging you, Virginia, that like, I'm so sorry what I did. And you would say to him, like, don't apologize to me. Apologize to mom. Yes. You fucked her. Yes, that's the yeah. thing. If I saw him again, 
and he was trying to like reconcile with me, I'd be like, you got nothing to apologize here. Right. You need to go talk to mom. Exactly. You screwed her. You need to apologize to her. And I think if I was able to see that side of him, there would be some consideration, but otherwise you're just a horrible human and I don't want you in my life. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I I think we're also like the type of people that I always thought I could reconcile anything. Yes. Like there's nothing that's too bad for me not to be able to reconcile. Like I can make any relationship work. If things got real bad, I'm like the kind of person that let's let bygones be bygones. Let's just start fresh. Right. And then as you get older, you get into these relationships where like you can't always do that outside of my uncle, just with friends and just with other family members, it's like they go down this path that, like you said, they're draining and they become toxic and they become just like this energy suck. And it's like, you make these decisions as you get older because you have a lot of different obligations, kids, work, business, the limited time. And you were stuck in the middle. Mm -hmm. Well, and I guess we both were. When this situation is happening, you're caring for your kids and your mom yes. going through dementia and, you know, kind of going downhill and passing. And then working and having all your daily living activities just to live your own life, right? I mean, same thing. And I yeah. was, I had a two year old and I was pregnant with my second. And so I'm wow. literally starting my family. I'm working full time, you know, and then having all that drama where I was going to attorney's appointments and things like that, trying to help her. It was this very like, you're stuck in the middle. Yeah, you don't need that. You're trying to handle right. two different worlds and juggling everything. And it's so stressful, so hard. Emotionally taxing, yeah. right? It's just, mm-hmm. in my mind, I always come back to that feeling of like, this is not necessary. Like, why did you do that? Like, why would, <laughs> like with my uncle, I'm like, why? Like, yeah. if anything, say nothing. You're not helping. So say nothing. Right. But you're going to like be a jerk and like be an asshole to me, like, and not help. Same thing with my dad. Like, how like, dare you, right? Don't you have like that kind of feeling of like injustice of like, you're such a freaking yes. jackass. Like, why do you have to be such a mean, vindictive human? Mm-hmm. Just do what you got to do, but don't break people through the mud as you're doing it. Right. Like that whole thing could have been played out in a way where you would have a, still have a relationship with your dad. Oh, yeah. All you had to do is like, just be kind. Yes. Make sure she's taken care of. Just try to have some compassion. There was no, it seemed like there was no compassion in that. Right. It was just sort of like, screw you. I'm going to take everything I can get. Mm -hmm. See you later. I'm starting my new family. Exactly. Yeah. That's gotcha. Yeah. You nailed it. That's how it went down. And there's definitely a point where I would have thought I was a crazy one because I was you know, looking at this situation and hearing the conversations from both sides, I felt very in the middle. It was like, what is happening? And for a while, I felt like I was dealing with it by myself. And I finally reached out to my brother and was like, what do you think? Am I crazy? Are they cra-? like, what's happening? Yeah. That's where we both kind of decided to help mom because. Yeah, we're backing mom. Yeah. She needs our help. Yeah, she was in a rough place. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that was where you mentioned before that, you know, to have compassion. Um, Of course, you would have compassion for my mom in this situation. She's going through the toughest time of her life. Yeah, that's the easy one. Yeah, super easy, right? But this weird part of me was like having compassion for my dad. And I guess that's probably part of the forgiveness was 
I feel bad for this dude. Like he blew the shit out of his life. Mm -hmm. Like he just blew it up. And now has to live with it and think about it. And it, yeah. Two of his kids don't talk to him. Right. Blew up business relationships, had to change names of different things, screwed up his retirement accounts. I mean, like, yeah. The stuff that I know that he did, I mean, he screwed himself. Right. And for what? Because you wanted to move on with a new girlfriend? You could have done that and not blew up your life. Yeah. Like, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> yeah. That Again, yeah, me too. It's weird. It, it goes from like this weird anger resentment to like, wow, I feel mm-hmm. real bad for you. That sucks. Like, it sucks to be you. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't just go away. So, yeah. And to know like if he was sick or in the hospital or whatever, and to sit there and know like my two oldest kids are not going to come see me. As a parent, like you and I are both parents now Ugh. and knowing, yeah, feeling that as a parent, I can't imagine that feeling. That is so sad. And he did that to himself. Yeah. It's one thing that he did what he did, right? right. So it's one thing that like, and that sucks. Like, I hope I would never make a decision like that. I don't think I ever would. No. But even if you did, say that you did, say like a worst case scenario, like you made this real bad decision, you were in a weird head, like wouldn't you eventually then come back around and like just, wouldn't he be like asking for forgiveness? Why? Like, why would you not do, like, are you that mm-hmm. proud that you wouldn't ask for like your daughters, for like your kids? Like, I do think it's a pride thing. It's a macho, like... And and of course, a lot of this stuff I'm able to see through now as an adult and Mm -hmm. being very aware of emotions and shame and guilt. And then also looking back and understanding what his childhood was like. Yep. Um, He had a rough childhood, different divorces, and, and he was even in foster care at one point that he told me. And so I do feel for him. Yeah. A good life and being a good husband was not modeled well for him. Sure. And so, yeah, I do have compassion for him. But then also looking back, he didn't admit that he was wrong. Yeah. Dad ruled the house. Uh huh. You know, whatever dad said went. There's no apologizing. And that's what played out. And that's what I still see as being true. He's never going to apologize. He'll go to the grave with that. Made my decision. I'm standing by it. Yeah. No matter what it costs. My uncle's the same way. Yeah. I'll take it to the grave. Yeah. It's amazing. And so, like, Again, and I'm not trying to be like on a moral high grounds, Mm -hmm. but like there's so many like little things I think about. I think about like, I'm trying to have like mercy for people that they don't even deserve it. But like for me, like it's, it's more of a healing thing for me, like to have empathy and like Mm -hmm. some sort of like mercy for them Mm -hmm. because they they've done whatever they've done, but it, as soon as you could remove the personal part of it, that it wasn't something that was personal or they didn't mean it to be personal to you. It's just, they did it. It was very personal, but that wasn't their intention to hurt you. For you to hold on to it, you would just be continuing to experience turmoil and trauma about it. Which is freaking awful. Right. And it's all it is is like a thought process, right? You think about like what happens. It stirs up all your emotions again. Oh, yeah. You get worked up. You feel drained. I mean, you could do that a thousand times over, like day in and day out. You could, People do that for years, right? You just replay these incidents. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you could like kind of rewrite the story of like, nope, 
that's what he did. Yes. That was his own stuff. Like he did it for his own reasons. It had nothing to do with me. Right. It wasn't that he was being vindictive towards you, that he was mad at you, that he hated you, anything like that. It was right. his own stuff that's going on. We yeah, have no his idea own what demons. his situation yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and good for us for being able to draw boundaries and keep our emotions protected and yeah draw the line of who we want in our lives and not I can't imagine where I would be if I just felt like I had to put up with that and continue to experience that and how traumatic that would be every single holiday right not interested no thanks (laughs) part of me feels like it's for me, I feel like a weakness inside of me of like where I should be blatantly honest and confrontational with these people. Like I should be basically be able to just, this is what I feel guilty about mm-hmm. for myself. I feel guilty that like, I'm not just picking up the phone and being like, listen, I think you act like an asshole. This is all the reasons why. And just like laying it out. Right. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it turns into like almost like this avoidance, right? Where you're just sort of like, I'm just not going to talk to that person anymore. Right. Like I've had, I have a few friends like that too, where like we just had so many interactions where they were just sucking energy or I have like one friend in particular that would just like constantly be trying to sell me something or like a new idea and like wanted me to invest in whatever. I'm like, dude, can we just be like friends? Like I don't want to invest in whatever. Like it was just this kind of weird relationship. And eventually I'm like, I don't want to talk anymore. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't, but I never had the actual conversation of like, listen, you're doing this, you're doing like, and I feel like I should right. have the strength to do that. That's partially where like the guilt comes in for me. I've pictured that as well. I've pictured sitting down with my dad at a restaurant and being like, I need to share with you why we don't talk because yeah. I want you to know where this is coming from. It's not going to be vague. Right. I have very specific things that I would tell him. And I thought about like, sure, he might think, okay, you know, my daughter doesn't talk to me because of the divorce. Yeah. That's not really true. No. I don't speak to him because of the vindictive, like, evil, mean spirited side of him that I saw. Yeah. Like somebody that loved you and stuck by your side. How can you do that to them? Right. Yeah. That's. And it was literally like, I was there. I was in court. I saw him take the stand. I saw my mom take the stand. I knew what was true because I had experienced it. I'm the oldest child. So I was the one that could have the levelist head about the entire thing. Yeah. And I tried really hard to be neutral for a long time. You know, I've thought about that situation. Like, what would I say to him? Is it worth it to say things to him? Would it change anything? Would it help him? Would it help me? Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, ultimately that conversation's never happened because I don't know that he cares or that he would sit there through that conversation and just listen. I feel like he would try to argue with me like yeah. every point. And I'm not willing to expend that kind of emotional energy again about the subject. Yeah. You know, I wish I came from it more from that. I, I think it's a guy thing. Like a guy thing, I feel like it's I'm fearful of the emotional like upheaval of having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And no, and kind of already thinking ahead that like, I don't think it's going to go anywhere productive. No. 
So what's the point? I'm just doing it because I'm afraid of having that conversation. Okay. Or that it's going to bring up like all of this, like, like you said, like the energy suck again. Like why even go back into that environment? And if it wouldn't change anything about your situation or about the relationship, why would I subject myself to that? Why would I insert myself in that situation? Right. You didn't do any, right. It wasn't something you initiated. Right. right? This isn't, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I've imagined that just, I guess it's just part of my healing process, but ultimately I don't think it's worth the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds bad, but it's one of those things like you made your bed, man. Like, yeah. Stay over there. But I think there's a, you're like me in a sense that like, there's a part of me that just wants everything to be okay. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just sad. You know, it's like, why? There's no reason. There's no reason for all this. Like, why did it have to play out that way? It's sort of like, almost like that infantile kind of like. Yeah. I mean, I think naturally you've touched on this in prior podcasts. Naturally we want relationships with people. We want connection. And so when that connection's broken, especially when it's, you know, there's a fight or a disagreement. It's emotionally tumultuous to us. And we do not like that feeling of Yeah. Confrontation is not my thing. Like I feel very uncomfortable in Mm -hmm. it. Like I like collaboration. I I want. Bottom line, you do feel like you've forgiven him, but you've just don't want him in your life. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Well, I think you helped me with that by mentioning that it doesn't mean reconciliation. Like I never thought of it that way. I, I really didn't. I always thought reconciliation is like the real forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, like you haven't really forgiven somebody until you're able to like come to them and just fix the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how, wait, it takes two to tango here. Like I can fix my side, but like if they're always going to be combative. Yes. So I think it just changed the way I thought about what forgiveness meant. Mm. By now knowing that, you know what? I don't have any more animosity toward him. I don't have any more anger or resentment. It's that's all kind of gone. Yeah. I, I, honestly, it just he doesn't play any role in my life anymore. Yeah. For a long time. Same. So I don't need mm-hmm. to try to rekindle this relationship. It's not worth it. It's just not necessary. Right. And as you get older, I'm 47 years old. You start to realize as you get older, like you got limited time on this planet. Yes. And you're, we're in the busiest parts of our lives. We have kids, we have work, we have all these things. There's limited time. I'm not going to spend it with people that are sucking energy. Right. It's not worth it. And I finally got to that point as well. And that's kind of where I drew that line was like, no, like it's okay if I have boundaries around who I want in my life. And I want people that excite me and make me happy and make me feel good and that I can make them feel good. And you know, that positivity. And that's what I want in my kids' lives. I don't want a manipulative grandpa that they are obligated to hang out with on Thanksgiving. Like, no, I already went through that. I'm not doing that to my kids. Yeah. (laughs) No, totally. done. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like, you're not, you're not saying that like, people in your life can't make mistakes. No. You know what I mean? It, it's a right. whole different, this is the thing I confuse sometimes is that I don't want anybody to ever think that like, I'm not going to give them some leeway. I mean, I, if you make a mistake and you apologize, I'm like, cool. All right. We're still friends. Like, right. it's not like I'm cutting the cord at the first sign of any kind of weird. Right. It's kind of, I mean, th- these are different situations. These are situations where it was super intense, super disrespectful, you showed your ass mm-hmm. and sorry. 
Yeah. Like you said, you made your bed, you know? Right. I did deal with the family drama for a long time before I finally jumped in and decided like enough is enough. And I was always, even when I was a teenager, I was kind of in the middle and was like, okay, you're saying this, he's saying that kind of the, can we all just get along kind of thing. And looking back at the time, of course, I'm a kid. I don't think anything of it, but looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was always my role. Holy shit. You know? (laughs) Yeah. The mediator. Yeah. It wasn't like I just picked a side, you know, immediately. And same thing with friends and stuff. I try so hard to be open-minded about so many different things. But this was one situation, one relationship where it just got to be too much, too crazy, too toxic. And I said, I'm out. For a long time, I questioned like, well, did I really forgive him? have I forgiven him? What does that really mean? What does that look like for me? What does that look like for any interaction if yep. if possible at all ever yep. in the future? And I've gone through those scenarios for years. And I think I'm finally to a point where I'm like, no, I'm good. I hope he's good. I hope he's wealthy and happy and healthy. And I don't have any ill will, but I'm just not willing to invite him into my life. I think we we also grew up with these beliefs, like you were saying, like blood is thicker than water. Oh, yeah. And so like you, you're like constantly being pulled back of like family could do anything to you because blood's thicker than water and you just take right. the shit that they give and they're still family. Such bullshit. And you get to a point as you get older where you're like, nope, sorry, mm-hmm. you're not playing that card. I'm not playing that game. And I think that's unfortunate that those ideals exist because... That's where some of the, you know, verbal abuse and mental abuse and child abuse and just like all these things that when you're a kid, you don't know that that's what's going on, but you're told like stick by your family, they're everything. And that's kind of like this messed up perspective that's shoved into your head and you wind up as an adult trying to unravel all this trash. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that that's a thing in our society. Well, it's like, you it's a mixed kind of thing. Cause like on one hand, they're saying blood is thicker than water. They're mixing that in with like, that's the way you, you're a loyal person. Like you're loyal right. to your family, mm. no matter what they do. And mm. it's like, Oh, no matter what, like, mm. wait, what's the, no matter what part. Right. Like how far, like, where is the boundary? Can right. I set boundaries? Am I allowed to set boundaries? Mm-hmm. Who can I set boundaries with? Yeah. Well, I think it's taking claim of being an adult. Like you've, you're mm. kind of like, we're like kids that are growing up. Like we're, we're learning that. Like <laughs> Finally that's, in our thirties and forties. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it took me a long time, you know? Yeah. Same. Now that my parents are gone, it's sort of like, I don't have to do that shit anymore. Like I almost felt like I needed to do it for my mom just to keep things together. Mm. Keep the relationship, keep the family. Like it just had... Yeah. It pleased her to know that like the family was still kind of together. I so I think I did a lot of that for her. Yeah. And then now that she's gone. Which that's so nice of you. You know, that's so nice that you put up with it that long because <laughs> you love and respect your mom so much. Like that's so right. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, it's funny. Now that she's gone, it's like I'm sort of thinking through all the relationships in my life now. Not just him, but like I've done it in other areas where... Yes. Because I've molded this loyalty thing with like, you'll take anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like you'll take any of their shit. 
because you have to be loyal. Like loyal is like the best quality you could ever yeah. have. You got to be loyal. And then yes, if you're not, it's family. yeah, you can't cut ties with anybody. I'm like, nope. You know what? Now it's time to do some, mm-hmm. just doing some surgery in my <laughs> life, you know, surgically remove some people. Right. Well, and I haven't had any other like family relationships that I've had to do that with, but there is a divide, you know, aunts and uncles and people on his side, I'm definitely a little more distanced from, Mm -hmm. but like you said, with other areas of my life, you know, different friends or associates or women's groups or Facebook, like social media is an easy one. I mean, you can go on there and you're like, oh, crazy, delete. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's been an experience in all facets of my life, just like what you're saying is to kind of evaluate, like, why is this person in my life? Why do I feel obligated to see this person or to call this person back? Like, I don't even like them. (laughs) Yeah. And you got to make some tough decisions because I I come from a place where like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Like, I don't want to like have somebody feel like I'm abandoning them for no reason. So, but these are like the adult decisions that I guess I wasn't willing to make for a long time. Mm-hmm. But there again, if they feel abandoned, that's kind of on them. It is. It is. I know. This is like my therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> this is. A- <laughs> it really is. You're right. Your choices are yours, and the way that they feel about it is not your fault. You know. know. There again, that's going to be something that they're pulling from their childhood. Is. Yes. You know, how they're feeling through the conversation. Yeah. I think it all kind of comes from this desire to make everything right. And this desire to make everything peaceful. Right. And to make everything work and to make everything just like, everything's good. Everything's always good. It's okay. Like, but it's not always okay. You know, some certain things, yeah, need to be addressed. So this is our take on forgiveness (laughs) <laughs> a couple of personal stories. But I'm glad we got to share on because I'm sure that someone else out there has experienced, maybe not a father or an uncle, but yeah. a close family relationship that you felt like you couldn't get out of. And so we are both proof that you can. It might be tough. It's universal. It might take some years. Everybody goes through this in some form or another. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet I bet more often than not, it's with a family member or somebody very close to them too. Right. And if not, maybe you need to examine if there are relationships that you do feel pushed around and run over. Yeah. And then maybe you should go, oh, wait, hang on, like start to evaluate those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, we got to do five more minutes. Okay. Five more minutes because we never even touched upon like the forgiving ourselves. Oh. And I was thinking about this. Okay. And I was thinking about it in very like small ways, like how how we're hard on ourselves and we're not giving ourselves, we call it compassion, like you're compassionate for yourself, but that's also forgiving yourself. It's true. So if you ate like a bag of potato chips at night and you're on a diet and like, yeah, I'm like, I, yeah. Are you gonna I'm spend hard all on myself. Tomorrow, like beating yourself up and have a terrible I w- day or sometimes, you just be like moving on? That shit happens. I won't. Yes. Yeah, right. I'm going to do better the next time. And same thing, like for me, like with this whole pandemic, like I've realized I've been drinking more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm drinking like wine, I'm drinking beer, and I'm drinking like out. Like we're just drinking more. Yeah. We're home more. And we're just. 
I for whatever. think that's a general, like, I think everybody's doing that. Like for a I while, so I was catching myself. It wasn't bad. It was just, I was having like a glass of wine every night, but it was like yeah. every night I felt like that's what I needed. Yes. To and kind of settle realized, down. Like, right? wait a second. This is not a need. Why is, why is it in my head that this is a need? And so I caught myself, but yeah, I think I think everybody's experiencing that. Yeah, or like social, like you're on social media for an hour and you just waste, killed an hour of your freaking life, like scrolling through other people's lives. Yeah. It's an ongoing thing because like I'm doing it all day long, like forgiving mm. myself for not making as many phone calls to clients that I thought I should have made, forgiving yeah. myself for not practicing my drums because I didn't feel like, it just, it's a never ending laundry list of things that I feel like I should be doing to be, um you know, productive, to be accomplished, to be mm-hmm. a good friend, to be a good, you know, spouse, to be a good father. And like, you're just, yeah, the constant judgment. Yeah. It's even more, you know, the kids have been home for six months and then now school started. And so I've definitely experienced, you know, forgiving myself for maybe not getting as much done as I thought I would. Yes. Kind of like last episode, you know, you're in your computer, so maybe you're not as present with the kids and just parent guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to balance forgiving yourself. Maybe we stayed up late and watched a show and I can't wake up early the next morning as early as I expected myself to. I got to forgive myself and just be like, it's all right. Like sleep in just a little bit and try it again tomorrow. Yeah. I find it builds on itself if you don't catch it. Like if you don't catch it, these things layer, you know, and like now mm-hmm. you like ate the bag of potato chips. You didn't pay attention to your kid. You were on Facebook. Yeah. You know, you didn't make the phone call you're supposed to make and you're like, ah, like, yes. but I wonder it's, why we're drinking at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it builds, it's, it's building blocks, you know, it's collective guilt. And so then when you're experiencing all this guilt over everything and you can't even just give yourself forgiveness for one thing. Yeah it's going to snowball and it's going to pile up. And maybe that's where you start to go into like an anxious or depression or something like that. Totally. It's tough right now. It's really tough. I I think forgiveness is super important right now while we're all home. Yeah. Everyone's dealing with like being in their own head for a long time. Yeah. What I realized with all everything that's going on is that I didn't realize how much distraction I had in my life. Mm -hmm. And when you remove that distraction and you have to confront whatever's underneath it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an easy thing to sit with your thoughts and literally like be with them for a long period of time and day in and day out. Right. Because like everybody has work. Everybody had like, you know, for me, it was going to the gym. There's no gym anymore. Right. We use distraction to get rid of that feeling of judging yourself and that feeling of, man, I, I'm not forgetting. Like I'm so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And so let me just get busy doing something. So like, I'll just take my mind off things. And- right. And we even say that we say like, oh, you know, I'm frustrated about this. Like, I'm just going to busy myself over here. So I don't think about it. I'm going to be <laughs> like, like right. why do I do that? And so, yeah, it is so much yeah. more of a challenge to sit with whatever is bothering you and practice gratitude or forgiveness or whatever it is. Yeah. We're not able to be as busy as what we were six months ago. Yeah. You know, there was always a a coffee date or a lunch date or something to go do. You know, you could go shopping if you were bored. Yeah. Like, nah, you're just at home. <laughs> you're home. Right. And then when you do go out, you're not even seeing people's facial expressions. So like mm-hmm. you're it's just this weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. There's a weird social thing going on that's 
it's missing, like something that's missing yeah, the connection with people. strong disconnect. So again, forgiving yourself for a lot of these things, all these little things, they're like little minor things that are happening throughout your day, every day. Mm-hmm. And if I don't catch it, the anxiety builds, they layer on top of each other, it gets overwhelming. And then yeah. it's just a stressful time. Well, in forgiveness for yourself, you know, even relating back to the family situations we were talking about, I did sit with that for a bit and say, you know, is there anything that I could have done differently in this situation? And is there anything that I felt like I need to forgive myself for maybe the way I reacted one time? Or I've really tried to look at those situations from all angles. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that I'm at a point finally to where I can forgive. I'm not going to forget. Sorry. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very comfortable in how I handled things. And I know that I did the best I could to manage it and just, you know, forgiveness all around. Yeah. You can put it to rest, right? It's not something you have to relive a thousand times over or be on the fence. Because I think a lot of it is like, you haven't come to a decision yet. Like you're sort of like mulling it over, like over and over and over again. Finally, like you say to yourself, it's really tumultuous. Yes. That's very stressful. Mm -hmm. You haven't decided that like I did everything I could do in this situation and I'm over it. Oh yeah. All right, Virginia. Well, we went a long time here again. (laughs) That was fun though. All right. So forgiveness. And next week we're going to talk about financial education, something along the lines of how, how maybe you'd want to start talking to your kids about finance. I do. I talk to them about money all the time. Yeah. They're young, so we can't get too complicated. Yes. But they are learning about investing and little smart money behaviors, financial habits that, you know, my son will ask, like, is this cheaper or is this, or when we go do this, does that mean we're saving money? And just like little questions. And I love that he asks those questions because I just feel like, yeah, you know, that's going to lead to a bright future for him. So, and you also mentioned just the different things that have changed over the years. Like, what was I thinking about in finance in my 20s as opposed to what I'm thinking about now? Yes. Like, how things progressed. So, we can get into the weeds on yeah. that too. Our financial perspective, like how the way you or I have looked at money and thought about money and made money decisions over the years and how that's changed. Yeah, we'll get into all that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, follow us at faconfessions.com and please like and subscribe and share and leave us a review. Mm -hmm. We will see you next week with financial education or something along those lines. Yeah. Mixing all that in. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. (laughs) We will. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week.